does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Glad you're with us this hour. We've got a lot coming up this hour. Talk some baseball. Always talk some baseball. Some college football. Also, more racing. Right now, though, the man himself, the star of the show, because he has all that great information you covet. It's Network Indiana's Brad Huber. Thank you, Coach, and good evening, everybody, on this Friday night in Central Indiana. A lot of baseball, a lot of racing going on this weekend. Let's begin with minor league baseball. The St. Paul Saints beat the Indianapolis Indians at Victory Field 4-2. All six of those runs came in the eighth and the ninth inning. The Lake County Captains beat the Fort Wayne Tin Caps up in Fort Wayne 10-4. Eight of those ten runs for Lake County came after the sixth inning. The Beloit Sky Carp got the best of the South Bend Cubs 10-8 in the back-and-forth game up at Four Winds Field in South Bend. College baseball, Illinois, the Fighting Illini scored three runs in the eighth to come back and beat the Indiana Hoosiers 7-5. The Penn State Nittany Lions beat the Purdue Boilermakers 15-3. Valpo defeating Bradley 4-3 in extra innings. That was 10. Indiana State beat Belmont 2-1. Evansville winners over Southern Illinois 10-2. Purdue Fort Wayne beat Milwaukee 7-4. Central Michigan beat Ball State today 9-1. Villanova over Butler 13-9. Tennessee Martin defeating Southern Indiana 14-3. One game still ongoing in the top of the ninth inning. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish leading the Clemson Tigers 10-4 in ACC play. Division 2, William Jewell and UND split a doubleheader. William Jewell win game 1, 17-3. UND winning game 2, 8-3. Purdue Northwest and Davenport also split a doubleheader today. Purdue Northwest beat Davenport 9-2 in game 1, lost to Davenport 16-3 in game 2. Division 3, only one game today. Alma beat Trine 7-2 in AIA. Marion swept Bethel 11 to 7 in game 1, 6 to 5 in game 2. Indiana South Bend uh, was all over Academy College of St. Joseph 17 to 3 in 8 innings. A lot of NAIA in-state battles today. St. Francis of Indiana swept Goshen 18 to 5 in game 1, 11 to 8 in game 2. That went two extra innings. Two nine innings. Those teams play two seven inning games in doubleheader setups. Huntington was all over Grace in game one, 22 to five, and 13 to one in game two. That doubleheader. IU Kokomo shut out Brescia, Kentucky, 10 to nothing. IU Southeast beat West Virginia Tech, 11 to one. Taylor swept Indiana Westlane today, 10 to nine in game one, seven to one in game two. Oakland City, the Mighty Oaks beat Alice Lloyd, three to nothing. ECHL hockey today, the first of back-to-back between the two in-state opponents, Indy Field and the Fort Wayne Comets. Indy Field got the best of Fort Wayne 2-1 with two third-period goals today at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Those two teams will play at 7.30 tomorrow up I-69 in Fort Wayne. To racing we go, the IndyCar Series in Long Beach for the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Practice number one today, Pato O'War for Aaron McLaren. Was the quickest. Scott Dixon was second. Colton Hurd at third. Marcus Erickson and Romain Grosjean in the top five. Alex Palou, Alexander Rossi, Cal Mylott, Felix Rosenquist, and Christian Lungard the top ten. They will practice again tomorrow 
afternoon here in the morning out west and then qualify at 3 tomorrow afternoon Eastern time and then go racing at 3 o'clock on Sunday on NBC. A historic night for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series at the Martinsville Speedway. First time ever that a wet tire, wet package has been used on an oval. 68 laps being shown complete. Kyle Busch has the lead. The race is red flag because of rain again. They can run on a damp track, not a wet track. So they have to wait for it to dry and uh, get a little damp before they can resume. Kyle Busch has the lead over Corey Hunt, Zane Smith, Tanner Gray, and Christian Eckes. Xfinity Series will race tomorrow. The Cup Series on Sunday at the Paperclip in Martinsville. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. We'll have more at 1015. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Their website, driven, the number two, savelives.org. Glad you're with us. Uh, we've done a lot tonight. we still got a lot more to go. Brad Huber is the most important member of the team because he's the scoreboard update anchor. Okay, let's talk about, uh, we're coming up, we're going to talk some Notre Dame football. Uh, with Lynn Clark. So let's talk about your, let's give equal time to your beloved Cardinals at Ball State. Um, football season, spring football going on right now. They're going to be tipping it off pretty soon, are they not? Yeah, they will. I believe their spring game is tomorrow, I believe, up in Muncie. I'll be honest, I haven't really followed right. it all that closely here in right, the springtime. Right. But uh, they did lose some players, uh, including their quarterback. Uh, transfers always happen, so it'll be interesting to see what – uh, squad coach new has here for this spring and into uh, this coming fall well um we know they'll be competitive but that league is a tough tough the mac is a very very demanding league always is and uh, it's hard to win look we say it all the time it's hard to win no matter what sport no matter what level but we're you know yeah traditionally difficult league like I, I feel badly for Ball State. I feel badly for Indiana State. They happen to be in two conferences that are really, really, really good football-wise. Yeah, the MAC is really, really good. And, uh, you know, you have seen teams that made the old BCS, like Northern Illinois. And uh, let's see who else made that. Kent State made a BCS bowl game in the past, uh, back when it was the BCS, before it was the uh, college football playoff in the New Year's Six. So not a lot of room for error. And, you know, you talk about tough how about this to start the season for the Ball State Cardinals this year? Labor Day weekend, they'll play at Kentucky down in Lexington, and then they will travel the week after that to play the defending national champions, actually two-time defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs down in Athens, Georgia. So they'll mm. uh, they'll be tested and ready to go come mm-hmm. max season uh, this coming fall. That's the hard thing about being in situations like that because, you know, to fund your program – uh, you you need to take some guarantee games, and guarantee games are. Uh, I understand the economics of it, and I, I understand it too. And sometimes, unfortunately, you can get uh, you know get yourself um, hurt, get you know key players hurt, uh, impacts you the rest of the year. How you play in those one or two or how many guarantee games? It's great you're playing. You know, you're getting some national attention and all of that. But, uh, you know, I've long believed that you you might be better served not 
to, uh, you know, from a budgetary standpoint, you might not. But if you could could withstand it budgetarily, you'd be better served sometimes not playing those kinds of games. But, uh, yeah, it sounds good, looks good schedule-wise. You can use it as a recruiting thing. Uh, hey, we're going to play these guys. You're going to be able to play at this particular facility. I understand all that. But I also understand the bottom line for all of this is W's and L's. And you need to win games. And uh, this is the administrator in me <laughs> talking about it. Uh, so, yeah, it should be, should be exciting. So, coming up, Brad, you got uh, you got more racing. We've got uh, – Good big time. We already talked about NASCAR there in uh, Martinsville, IndyCar uh, out in Long Beach. It's a big weekend, and uh, it kind of starts, you know, we're getting closer and closer, uh, to, obviously, to the month of May. But you know, IndyCar, well, boy, they're, they're, you know, you're getting in because they leave Long Beach and go to, to Alabama, right, to Barber. They do, yeah. They go to the Barber Motorsports Park in two weeks. They're kind of racing every other week here. Two weeks ago, Texas. Every other week, right. This week, they're at Long Beach. Two weeks, they'll be at Barber. Two weeks after that, they'll be at the IndyCar Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course. And then you get into practice for the Indianapolis 500 that week before qualifying. And then, of course, the race Memorial Day weekend. But, you know, they had two different winners, two different teams win. Uh, Marcus Erickson, last year's Indy 500 winner, opened the season with a win down in St. Pete. And then Joseph Newgarden went back-to-back on the Oval at the Texas Motor Speedway a couple of weeks ago. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at Long Beach, another very historic race that Mark talked about. It's been uh, a kart race. It's been an F1 race in the past, now an IndyCar race. So, you know, if uh, other than the Indianapolis 500, this is the one you that drivers say they want to win on the streets at Long Beach, a very historic racetrack. So looking ahead, you kind of have an idea on this. Who are some of the favorites for the 500? Plenty of usual suspects, I suppose. But, I mean, who, who passes the Brad Huber test? Well, you know, I'll get a better idea. They have testing coming up Thursday and Friday at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway right. for the Indianapolis 500. So we'll start to get an idea to see who favorites might be. But right now you have to look at the favorites. Your uh, Joseph Newgarns, he's probably the best driver not to have won the 500. Your Penske's, Ganassi's, Andretti's, and Aaron McLaren so far are the drivers to look out for. <laughs> Well done. What a pro. Here's the music. Wraps it up. <laughs> That's well done. Brad Huber coming up with a scoreboard update. We'll come back and talk some college football on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. The NASCAR Crash from Truck Series race at Martinsville Speedway. The Long John Silvers 200 back underway after a rain delay. Corey Hahn, the race leader, Zane Smith is second. Kyle Busch, Tanner Gray, and Christian Eckes. It's historic because it's the first time wet weather tires have ever been used on an oval. They're approaching halfway. Another racing note, the USAC National Sprint Car Series returned to action tonight at the Bloomington Speedway for the Larry Rice Classic. C.J. Leary was the winner of that race, and it's also the first race since the passing of Jared Owen, driver who was killed in a sprint car accident last week at Lawrenceburg Speedway last Saturday. So an important note there for the USAC National Sprint Car Series. IndyCar practice today out in Long Beach. Pato Award was the quickest. Scott Dixon, Colton Herta, Marcus Erickson, Romain Grosjean, the top five. They will qualify tomorrow and race on Sunday. Just going final in college baseball, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish beat the Clemson Tigers 
10 to 4. That was down in South Carolina. Notre Dame winning 10 to 4. Illinois beat Indiana 7 to 5 today. Penn State beat Purdue 15 to 3. Valpo beat Bradley in 10 innings, 4-3. Indiana State over Belmont, 2-1. Evansville defeated Southern Illinois, 10-2. Purdue Fort Wayne over Milwaukee, 7-4. Central Michigan over Ball State, 9-1. Villanova defeating Butler, 13-9. Tennessee Martin beating Southern Indiana, 14-3. William Jewell and UND split a doubleheader today. And Alma beat Trine, 7-2 in the Division Three level. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Glad you could join us. We've got a lot going on. Don't forget to join us tomorrow night, our Saturday night edition of Indiana Sports Talk. Always one of my favorites. And, you know, this time of year, things are different. You know that. We, uh, you know, we, we have a little different pace at this particular time. Uh, but we'll talk um, more racing uh, tomorrow. More baseball. We're going to talk some uh, college football. Um, we're getting close and close, closer and closer. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. To draft day for the NFL. And um, so it's... uh, All right, so Sam, Sam Fritz, our producer. Sam, get in my ear again. Tell me what you need. All right, I'm going to – this is a conversation I had earlier tonight uh, with Alan Karpik from goldenblack.com uh, talking about Purdue football. Here's that conversation. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. College football, spring football, one of my favorite things in the world. At uh, West Lafayette, they are in the midst of it. Who better to talk to than Alan Karpik from Golden Black? Com. Alan, love football preseason, love the spring football. Lots of question marks. One question mark, we think we like a quarterback situation right now. We, we're encouraged about that. But there are a lot of things to be done. That's why we have spring football. But tell me what you think is happening on the offensive side. Well, in Hudson Card certainly is uh, gets your attention, at least if you're a Purdue fan, of course. Uh, the, the transfer from Texas 
and he is the number one guy. He's going to wear jersey number one, and I don't think there's any question that he will be the starting right. lineup, and, and, and Ryan Walters is going to build what he can build offensively. Graham Harrell, obviously the new offensive coordinator, will be building around him. And, uh, you know, I think Purdue's got some – Got some holes to fill, obviously, uh, when you have uh, Aiden O'Connell and Payne Durham, uh, the quarterback and the tight end, uh, uh, are lost from last year. But they've got some things to build around, too. And uh, certainly Devin Mm -hmm. Mockaby comes in. And uh, I think offensively, if they can find a receiver, and with you know this thing, we this thing, this portal thing we talk about, Bob, uh, would grow right, right here on both right. of your head and mine in the coaching world. But they <laughs> they have to deal with that, and and yet uh, I think Purdue is an active uh, desire to find a, a as anybody would be, but they'd really like to get a, another receiver in the portal. But I think offensively they've got a chance to be decent. Got a lot of holes to fill defensively, uh, but Ryan Walters is known for his defensive acumen. Uh, I think this gives you a chance to be interesting, and yet it's going to be a challenging year for Purdue just because the schedule is so very difficult. You know what, Alan? I mean, you and I have done what we've done collectively for a great number of years, and we're both smart guys. We understand how this thing works. Football, basketball, name the sport. doesn't really matter. doesn't matter what level. you got to have guys who can make plays. you got to have guys who can make plays to win games. Uh, you look back at the playmakers this football team has had, like a David Bell and people like that, and, and that's, that's what you're talking about. And you do have some young guys who uh, Maccabee was a playmaker for him last year, and you're talking about Hudson Carr as a playmaker for him this year. The question is, do you have enough and do you have them at the right spots? Exactly. I mean, Devin Maccabee showed last year when Purdue got its way, made its way to the West Division champion, championship, uh, which is a credit to Jeff Brom and, and being able to get that done. But Devin Maccabee had a lot to do with it because he had big runs at big times, like up at Minnesota last year where Purdue pulled a mild upset and really put itself in great position to win that division. Uh, he makes a big play at the right time. So, yeah, I, you know, that's the great question. Of course, Garrett Miller, also tight end, who is not – not uh, working out. He's coming off a knee injury, not practicing this spring. What they think he can be a playmaking guy uh, at tight end. Uh, he, he certainly uh, showed that a couple of years ago when he was on the field. I, I think that there are enough guys to be competitive there. It's just going to be, you've got a 36, think about that 37 year old coach coach. And that's a, that's a young guy that uh, right. comes in with a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of uh, he's right. a smart guy, but we just don't know until we see them dial it up just how the Boilermakers are going to look on the field under Ryan Walters. I was a 26-year-old know-everything back in the day <laughs> when I started as a head basketball coach at Franklin College. And really? I understand I understand youth, and, and I, I understand the youthful exuberance and all of those kinds of things. I also understand that you think you have the answers. You are woefully inadequate when it comes to that, but you'll learn. And I think everybody understands he's gonna have, he has a great staff, and he has a group of guys who've been around and know what's going on. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And I think Ryan has also said – you know, at the, at the at the ripe old age of 37, that he's uh, he doesn't feel like he has all the answers. He knows that this is going to be right. a learning experience, right. and he knows there are people that uh, uh, mentors that he's been around, whether that be Brett Bielema and some other folks over the years that uh, 
you know, Brett Bielema is probably not going to help him in season, him being in Illinois, but he's got a network of folks. And I think, sure he does. you know, as yeah. we always say about youth, you've got to be smart enough to know what questions to ask. And I think that that's, uh, at least from all indications, Ryan Walters has done that. And, and we've talked about this before, Bob, and that is Purdue it, historically in football needs a better mousetrap to be competitive. Joe Tiller brought that right. with, the, with the basketball on grass to some extent, to a great extent. Jeff Brom brought that right. uh, when he arrived in 2017. Now it's youth. It's, it's maybe a little bit of level of ability to recruit uh, and a defensive act, you know, ability that to, gives Purdue maybe a different type of mousetrap when you're comparing yourself to the rest of the Big Ten. And uh, I, I think that could go as an interesting move, and yet I think all, all things considered, all, uh, all indications are that uh, Purdue's very, very happy with the guy they hired. You make a fantastic point. You may be one of the few people who could make this point. You're exactly right, because if you are, and I've said this about other teams in our state in the Big Ten, if you think right. you're going to line up and physically go toe-to-toe with uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, you know, every, you go through the list. If you think you can physically recruit those kinds of guys and line up day after day and play that way, you're woefully, woefully go, going to be uh, disappointed because it's not going to happen. And as you call it, the mousetrap, you have to out-scheme people, I think, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Right, and I think that, uh, you know, you look back again at uh, the guys that have had success today at Purdue, uh, even all the way back to Jim Young, uh, they, the guys that, uh, that just played it a little bit differently, you know, try to put yourself in, in you know, it's a basketball term, but put yourself in, in matchups that you can be successful. And, yeah, I think defensively you want to have athletes. You know, Ryan Walters needs to have mm-hmm. guys at the corners. He's been able right. to have that type of situation at Illinois. I'm sure he's going to try to work to get that here. Don't think it's there right now. I think that's one of the more glaring challenges on that Purdue team right now is its corners, uh, are its corners. And I think that that's going to be a, a big thing to fill. But, yeah, I think I think he's going to have to go, you know, the, the, the air raid offense uh, – going back to Graham Harrell and, of course, mm-hmm. uh, his days at Texas Tech under Mike Leach, that uh, this gives you a chance. Uh, I think Purdue is not going to vary real far from what it's done, and that's throw the football. And uh, it's just going to do a little bit differently than they did under Jeff Brom, and they were pretty successful under Jeff Brom when you look at how the Boilermakers did during Brom's five-year, excuse me, six-year tenure. That's Alan Karpik from goldenblack.com. I have to uh, kind of end that interview. We apologize for that, uh, for that technical issue. Purdue, uh, in the middle of spring football, their spring game next week. Uh, we're going to continue to talk more college football uh, coming up with Lynn Clark from Irish Illustrated talking about Notre Dame and um, – you know what? It won't be long before we're playing football. I mean, seriously, before we, it, it will not be long. It's always stunning to me how quickly it goes. All right, scoreboard update coming up with Brad Huber, and we'll talk more college football on Indiana Sports Talk. It was a busy day of college baseball across the state of Indiana. Let's go to the NAIA level. 
Marion swept Bethel 11-7 in Game 1, 6-5 in Game 2 of their doubleheader. Indiana South Bend got the best of Calumet College of St. Joseph's 17-3. That was stopped after eight innings because of the run rule. St. Francis of Indiana swept Goshen 18-5 in Game 1, 11-8 in Game 2. That second game went extra innings. Huntington was all over Grace today, 22-5 in Game 1, 13-1 in Game 2. IU Kokomo swept, uh, should say, shut out Brasilla, Kentucky, 10-0. IU Southeast beat West Virginia Tech, 11-1. Taylor swept Indiana Westlane in their doubleheader, 10-9 in Game 1, 7-1 in Game 2. Oakland City Mighty Oaks beat Alice Lloyd, 3-0. Minor League Baseball, the South... St. Paul Saints got the win over the Indianapolis Indians, 4-2. All six of those runs came in the 8th and ninth innings. Lake County Captains beat Fort Wayne Tin Caps 10-4. Eight of those 10 runs came after the 6th inning. The Beloit Sky Carp got the win up in South Bend in a back-and-forth battle with the South Bend Cubs, 10-8. To hockey we go. The first of back-to-back nights between the in-state I-69 rivals, the Fort Wayne Comets and the Indy Fuel. Indy Fuel scored two third-period goals to beat the Fort Wayne Comets 2-1. to one. Those two teams will play again in Fort Wayne at the War Memorial Coliseum tomorrow night at 7.30. We will look ahead to what's coming up on Saturday in our next update. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. All right. I know you all uh, love information that you can follow and be interactive with. So if you're a Notre Dame fan, getting ready, getting excited about the season, getting excited about being in Dublin, the man himself, Dr. Lynn Clark from Irish Illustrated, has done the Dublin Guide. And we're going to tell you all that you need to know about it and how you can find it and talk some Notre Dame football. Lynn, thank you so much. Congratulations on this great effort. I know it was the proverbial labor of love, but it's really well done, and thanks so much for sending me a link. Hey, Bobby, I appreciate that. And the big announcement this past week that the Notre Dame women's basketball team is going to open up their season in Paris next year. So guess wow. what? I'm going to try to do a guide <laughs> on Paris. <laughs> Excuse me. That does not that does not sound fair at all for someone uh, like me who has promised his wife multiple times that I, in fact, would take her to Paris. And as we speak, I haven't done it. And well, uh, so, Paris, yeah. Illinois. So, <laughs> well, that may be as far. That may be as close to it as we get. But uh, that's great news. That's exciting news. And uh, you know what? A lot of good things happening. We got um, new coaches, new players. We've had success, and uh, we're getting ready to play football. So everything's right with the world in South Bend. Yeah, I was in South Bend today. It was practice number ten. Now we didn't see practice. Our last media opportunity was this past Wednesday where we got to see at least 10 sessions. We got to see the quarterbacks throw uh, just a little bit of a scrimmage. But today we met with the offensive line and new offensive line coach, Joe Rudolph. And, Bob, this is a veteran group. They've got a lot of senior leadership coming back, fifth-year seniors. But right now it's the chemistry, just finding the mm-hmm. right fit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, one of the big guys on that line is Avon's own Blake Fisher, who has really transformed his body. And I think that's the one takeaway that I've got from the spring is that all of the players have lost a lot of body fat. They look like completely different people. And Blake Fisher has redefined himself 
and look for good things for him this upcoming season. But right now in talking to Joe Alt and Blake Fisher, Zeke Carroll, Carell, it's just finding that right chemistry of guys to play together. Well, and I think that's um, something that a lot of teams are saying the same thing about. You know, anytime you have some turnover like the Irish have had, it's going to take a while. You know, there's a lot of chemistry, offensive, defensive lines, understanding uh, each other, knowing one another's tendencies and what they do and how they react. I mean, it's, I don't think people recognize it so much. Uh, with football players, but it really is true. And that just takes field time. That just takes practice. That takes being out there day after day after day, learning about one another. you got to put in the time if you're going to make it. And we had a chance to talk to the new offensive line coach, Joe Rudolph, who came over from Virginia Tech. And I asked him the question. I said, have you had a chance to kind of put your your spin, your own personality on this? And he said, you know, that's coming along right now, but these guys have had great coaching in the past, and he didn't want to upset that. And then talking to the players, they really like a fresh perspective, and they're learning Mm -hmm. more about the game of football by bringing Mm -hmm. in that new perspective. And as I was talking to the players and the coach, I was thinking about you because you've been in the coaching circles. How difficult is it for an upperclassman to deal with yet another coach coming in? But I have to say the Notre Dame players have really embraced it, and instead of fighting it, they just said, hey, this guy is here. He can make us a better football player. See, that's the that that's exactly the reaction, and we we forget, you know, uh, guys, you know, juniors, seniors, uh, they've seen it all. Trust me, they've been through it all. Uh, they like to think of themselves as veterans. Uh, you know, toss me something, I can handle it. You know, I've, I've gone through changes, I've gone through wins, losses, losing players, losing coaches. It's part of the educational experience, as crazy as it sounds. But uh, if you're as good a guy as you think you are, this is just another thing that you have to deal with. And, and you have to be sold on the fact that, okay, we lose the coach, but the guy we get in may be better. All right, we, get, we lose a player, people we replace him with might be better. Let's find out if that's the case. And if I'm a leader, and if I think I'm a leader, I have to actually put it out there, do what I, you know, back up what I say, back up what I think, if I'm expected to lead this team as people and myself uh, believe we can. And so, yeah, I, listen, I dealt with it every That's why I love to have uh, experienced guys on my team because they knew they knew what was up they knew more about it than we did are you kidding me they really do and i i think there are a whole lot of teams that don't even need to be coached quite frankly if you have veteran players you know turn it over to them and let them do it and what you just said that's exactly what the upperclassmen and blake fisher are saying is that we can learn and let's embrace the system and see where we go from there but i was really impressed by joe rudolph who came in didn't want to come in and change things he knew mm-hmm. that harry he's that had a great program, and the coach before mm-hmm. him as well. He said, I'm going to sit there and, and let the players do what they do, and then I'll come in and slowly over time you know, tell them what I think they can do to get better. And I think that's the right transition for both the coaches and the players during the spring. Now, this was practice number 10. They're, right. they're doing 15 right. practices, and that ends a week from Saturday in the culmination of mm. the annual Blue Gold game. So we'll right. see them for a couple more times next week, but All in all, there are a lot of players who are coming back from injury. We haven't seen too much of a scrimmage. 
And I, I think the big thing right now is you've got a lot of talent. It's just trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together right. on paper. Notre Dame is great, but, Bob, they don't play on paper. Oh, no thing. No, no question. All right, uh, Dublin, uh, the Dublin Guide. How can people find it? Because there are going to be people going to be going over to Dublin. People are going to need all this information. Where do we send them to get this extremely well-done publication? Well, it's got a long URL, so the best thing to do is go to the Indian Sports Talk page. I'll send you the link, and maybe or we can post that, it there. That, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all about convenience, <laughs> fans. Trust me. But we, we debuted it this past week and really excited about it. As you said, really a labor of love. We also did another thing today. We announced to the Irish Illustrated subscribers is that you know, going over to Dublin and making some friends because Notre Dame is a universal brand is I, I made a friend at Jameson Whiskey, and we're yeah. going to have a special Just whiskey so happens. on the Thursday <laughs> before before the, the Notre Dame game. And uh, they're going to bring out some of uh, Ireland's best whiskeys, including right. one that might be right. over 100 years of age. And so we're, we're just looking to really uh, have a great time in, in Dublin. Uh, but we have to remember one thing, that this is going to be a very tough football game against Navy. Right. Notre Dame is not over there on a sightseeing trip. They're over there to win a ball game. It's a thankless job, but we sent our best man to do it. The Dublin guide from Dr. Lynn Clark, Notre Dame taking on Navy to start their season. We're still a few days away. But uh, go and find this on our uh, page at Indiana Sports Talk. All right, Lynn, thank you so much. I appreciate it as always and enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Bob. Thanks a lot, Lynn. Dr. Lynn Clark, always great work that he does. And get the uh, Dublin guide uh, and get ready for uh, college football will be happening before we know it. And so it'll be interesting. Uh, changes we have changes at Purdue with changes uh, <clears throat> you know with the portal personnel wise uh, what's really crazy is the way this works in football you know spring games wrapping up spring football wrapping up and uh, there will be movement uh, in the portal after these spring games are finished after spring football is over there will still be personnel moves, so to speak. And um, I don't have enough time nor the desire to get into the the discussion about the portal and NIL and what have you. Basically, what's happened is that you've taken college sports and turned it in literally to professional sports in terms of movement and roster construction, um... Money, I mean, there's always been money, but it's uh, it it literally is the wild, wild west. And uh, fortunately, or unfortunately, uh, I'm pretty far removed from it in terms of day to day. I spent the first part of my professional life coaching and being an administrator and all those things. So uh, I don't miss any of that under these particular circumstances. Scoreboard update, last one of the...
NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race, the only sporting event ongoing at the moment. Red flag again with 76 laps to go at Martinsville because of a heavy shower. Now it's just up to NASCAR on if they will call the race and give Corey Heim his third career NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series win. Kyle Busch runs second. Zane Smith, time of Jessica Tanner Gray is the top five. 76 to go at Martinsville. The Xfinity Series will run tomorrow. The Cup Series on Sunday at Martinsville. Also, IndyCar, Pato Award was the quickest in the first practice. Scott Dixon was second. Colton Hurdle, Marcus Erickson, Romain Grosjean. They will practice again tomorrow morning, qualify in the afternoon, and then race on Sunday. Let's take a look at what else is going on coming up tomorrow. ECHL Hockey, the Indy Field will go to the Fort Wayne Comets, the I-69 battle. The Indy Field won 2-1 in the first game in Indianapolis tonight, two third-period goals. For the field, they will play again 7.30 is the faceoff. Minor League Baseball, the Indianapolis Indians will host the St. Paul Saints at Victory Field, 6.35 first pitch. St. Paul Saints got the win tonight. Fort Wayne 10 Caps will host the Lake County Captains. 105 is the first pitch. Lake County Captains got the win today. South Bend Cubs will host the Beloit Skycarp, 405. Beloit won that matchup today. USL Soccer, Indy 11 on the West Coast. They will play the Orange County Soccer Club 10 o'clock coming up tomorrow night. You can see that on ESPN+. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hope you have a great evening. I'm Brad Huber for Network Indiana Sports. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is... Indiana Sports Talk. Brendan King joins me. Um, the man himself, the voice of the South Bend Cubs. Not a good night at the ball yard for the Cubs tonight to Brendan King. Well, it didn't end that way, Coach, but it was a highly competitive, really fun game, and there was a crowd of over 6,600 at Four Winds Field in downtown South Bend tonight, so they saw a thriller, but, yeah, you're right, Coach, just down the stretch, too many mistakes. And, uh, you know, Beloit had themselves a, a really nice night when it, came, when it came to hitting the ball for power. So, um, you know, that's a big reason of why they've got a 3-1 series lead here. And if South Bend wants a series uh, split, at the very least, they got to win tomorrow and Sunday. Long ball. Everybody loves the long ball, right? Unless you're the uh, Cubs fans uh, tonight because the long ball was by the wrong team. Yeah, Coach, there was a home run hit by Beloit in the top of the ninth inning by one of the top prospects in the Marlins organization. Miami is the affiliate of Beloit. Uh, guy's name is G.D. Cape. He's a 20-year-old from the Dominican Republic and a really good-looking ball player. Um, and he, he just drove one over the left field wall to give Beloit what was a three-run lead, and that was too much for the Cubs. They did score a run in the bottom of the ninth, Coach. But here's what the difference in the game was. It was Beloit putting the leadoff man on base for four straight innings, and for Coach. those four straight Coach. innings, the leadoff man came home to score. So, mm. um, you know, mm -hmm. it, was, it was just Beloit. They, they, as you said, they were able to hit a couple balls over the, over the wall, but – uh, they executed well when they got men on base. They stole some bags, and uh, they played right. solid small ball, too. So it's all credit to Beloit. They played a nice game. You hear it from day one, you got to get that first out. you got to get that yeah. first guy each inning. You hear it over yeah. and over. And the reason you hear it is, percentage-wise, 
you saw it tonight up close and personal, especially walking people. You know, I think the percentage, if you walk the uh, leadoff runner, leadoff hitter, they'll come back and score on you close to 70%, 80% of the time. So, you know, you find yourself with, you know, like you pointed out, uh, a lot of base runners. And, yeah, all it takes is one mistake uh, when you've got some guys on base and now you're in deep trouble. Yeah, they're a team that hits for power well. They can hit the contact well. They're good at running uh, the base pass. They got a they got a mm-hmm. uh, you know very good veteran manager. Um, so you know they're not a team to mess around with for sure. But I, I like right. how we've started the year too, coach. I mean, as you know, we swept uh, three yeah. games to begin yeah. the season in Quad City. So I like our start to the year too. We're actually off to a better start this year than we were last year, and. Of course, last year was a championship season. And, and hey, Coach, you know as well as I do, uh, this is very early. Usually I don't really take into account much from April uh, just because of how raw things are. Teams are still gelling, right. getting to know one another. Right. So, to me, April's usually a bit of a wash. But, uh, you know, there's some big games on the line. And, and you'd love to jump out in front early. And, uh, again, the Cubs have an opportunity in the next couple of days to at least split the series. I was going to say, there's going to be some good things to talk about this game. Uh, and, and it, again, is a long season. They have played well these last two weekends. They have, Coach, and our first baseman to start the year. His name is Hayden McGeary. He actually played Division Two baseball, and he is homered on back-to-back days. Cubs took him out of Colorado Mesa, um, virtually kind of an unknown name in college ball. They drafted him in the 15th round. Didn't pay him a lot of money, and Coach, he hit cleanup every single day to start this season. Back-to-back days with a homer. He's a big six foot four, 250-pound, burly first baseman that hits for power, and um, he's an exciting prospect. So he'll be a name to watch as the summer goes along here. And I'm digging the, D- the D3. I love that. I think that's fantastic yeah. uh, because we, you got time to hang around. The music, you, you know, the music. It just, you know, come on. No I problem. Just, I need to keep talking to you. Brendan King and I will come back talk some more baseball on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Brendan King rejoins me. All right. Pitch clock. Uh, getting a lot of discussion. You know, <clears throat> you dealt with it a year ago, did you not? Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about this pitch clock? And uh, what have been the early feelings by people uh, regarding the clock? Well, it's pretty funny, Coach, because all the conversation that's happening around the big leagues is the conversation that we all had last year in the minor league. So yeah, as yeah. we are all as we are all already adjusted to it and good with it, um, you know, big league broadcasters are are getting used to it too. It's kind of funny, coach, because one of my mentors, the great Ken Korak, he's the play by play voice on the radio side of the Oakland A's. Uh Ken's been helping me out for a number of years now. Uh, I have a few calls with him per year and in our spring call, uh, just before I got to spring training, he he was asking me about the pitch clock and how I dealt with it. Right, right. Uh, and, and and usually I'm asking him for advice, uh, which is which is hilarious. So um, no, I, I I think everybody is coming around to it just fine. 
Um, I love it personally. To me, it keeps the game on track without speeding it up, and that's the whole point of it, and they've done a great job with it. Well, I mean, it's uh, one of those things that's kind of here to stay, Uh, and I think, look, I'm good with speeding the game up. I mean, games are noticeably shorter, are they not? They are shorter, Coach. It's just an interesting dichotomy because – even though the game is quicker, it doesn't feel rushed, which is why I'm such right, a fan of right. it. If it got to any point where the game was feeling rushed and I, as a play-by-play broadcaster, didn't feel comfortable, I'd have a bigger problem. But it doesn't feel rushed at all. It really just takes away from you know a pitcher kind of taking over a game with, with his speed of how he works. And um, you know I think it's been a good idea for everybody. You know, I spent my baseball coaching career in college, in college back then because, you know, your road trips and your traveling and people in classes yeah. and all that. We used to have speed-up rules. Everybody played speed-up rules, and no one said anything about it. It's just how you played. Right. You, you move the game along. We all know there's a lot of wasted time in baseball. I think every one of us understands that. And if there are ways to make it uh, to take care of that wasted time, make people play, let, let, why not? I'm all for that. Yeah, I know you're right up against it here too, Coach. The last thing I'll say, though, is what it really has done, it has limited the time between innings while a pitcher right. is warming up. A pitcher can't decide anymore how many pitches he has to warm up. An umpire gives that discretion, and there's a strict limit of how much time is taken between innings, and that's really what what is shaving off the minutes. He is Brendan King. He's pretty good at what he does. Glad he does what he does, too. We'll talk to you tomorrow night, Brendan. Thanks for the call. Coach, thanks. Thank you. My thanks to Brad Huber, Sam Fritz. Great job. Thanks to our great stations around the state that bring the show every Friday and Saturday night. And thanks to all of you for making us the most listened to sports talk show in the state's history. It is the history-making legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.